Let's give the Lord Jesus a big hand. Come on, church. What's happening? What's happening? How's, how's everybody doing? We want to say hello to all our campuses out there and everybody all in the military around the world. Let's give all the people in the military a big hand. God bless y'all. Welcome to church today. My name is Miles. I'm the pastor, and uh, you are at the Rock Church. In case you got lost and thought you were going to a movie, uh, we are 19 years old, and uh, we are so happy you're here. We want to share with you that God loves you very much, and uh, we believe that all of you, God, Jesus died on the cross for every single one of you, rose from the dead. He wants to have an intimate relationship with you, and in the context of that relationship, He wants to bring healing to your life. Uh, healing technically is God aligning things with his kingdom purpose. And so when you ask Christ to be your savior, he aligns your relationship with him. That's called the healing event. Uh, then he starts to align your relationships with other people. He can actually also bring healing to your physical body, which we believe in as well. We have more people get healed in the physical than we can account. And so uh, we just want to share that with you and encourage you today that God's going to do something in your heart, wants to do something in your heart, and that you are receptive to that, that God would bless you today. Can I get amen? Um, before I start, I want to pray for you um, that God would bring healing to your life. How many of you have a relationship you would love to be healed? Just raise your hand. Very good. How many of you have something in your physical body you would like physically that you would like to be healed? Raise your hand. Very good. Very good. And so I just want to pray for you. Um, here's the key. that... I don't do the healing. God does it whenever we talk about the word of God and, and people give their life to Christ or they say, God, can you, can you heal my broken heart? God does it. We just ask. Amen? Amen. I love doing this because sometimes there are people, it's really sometimes, really all the time, hopefully this is not one of the exceptions, people get healed and they go, I feel it. My leg doesn't hurt anymore. My arm doesn't hurt anymore. Or they go home and they, have, they just have newfound love for people. Do you know that God can remove your bitterness in a second? But you have to be open to it. You have to be willing and ask God, I don't want to be mad anymore. I don't want to have a grudge anymore. I just want to forgive. You have to, be, you have to participate in that. Can I get amen? And so I want to pray that God would bring healing into your life, whatever that is. One of them is going to be physical, but one of them may be relational that you may not know about till later. I, and then what I'm going to do, which is I love, is I'm going to ask you, if you feel like, hey, God healed something in my body, I'm going to ask you to do this. Because we want to know. And we believe it will happen right now. Can I get amen? And so if you have something in your body that you know hurts, just raise your hand that we want to pray for. Just raise your hand like this. Oh, everybody, just, if you have something in your body that you, okay, everyone look around the room and all the campus, look around the room, all these people that are hurting. Man, that's, they all are jacked up. <laughs> I have shoulder pain and we all got pain, right? Here's the cool thing is that I'm going to pray and some of you are going to get healed right now. And then we're going to ask you, does it, does the pain go away? And we're going to ask you to do this so we can know. That's how much of faith I have in God. Now, if nothing happens, guess what? I'm good. It's okay. It happens all the time. So I, I, it'll happen. If it ain't going to happen now, it's going to happen another time. So, so in a minute, I'm going to pray. And if you feel like, hey, man, God healed my foot, my leg, my shoulder, whatever, my neck. And I'm going to ask you to do this. Is that clear? And then the rest of us are going to be like, oh, wow, that happened. Now, say amen if I paid you in advance to do this. Did I pay anybody in advance? If I did, I want my money back, okay, because I, okay, I didn't pay anybody in advance. So are you, are you clear what I'm saying? So I'm going to pray here in a minute. And if you feel like, hey, I got healed physically, uh, I want you to do this. Now, I'm also going to pray for relationships. We don't, we're not going to know about that yet. Uh, but physically, we can know now. Does that make sense? Yes. 
in all the campuses. I'm getting ready to pray. Now, if you feel like right now, wait a minute, I got healed already. If you feel like right now, I got healed already, do this. Anybody? Raise your hand. Boom, boom, boom. Anybody else? Anybody else? Boom. Anybody else? Boom, boom. Okay, very good, very good. Now, you may be going, that's ah, fake. That may be one reason it doesn't happen to you. Now, let me say this. I've seen God heal people who didn't have faith just to shut them up. So it's not necessarily tied to your faith either. God just kind of does stuff to people, okay. So in a minute we're going to pray. And if you're like, okay, I want God to do something in my life. Are y'all tracking what I'm saying? Okay, so if you feel like if maybe you didn't raise your hand just now a minute ago. Maybe now you feel like, man, God healed me. Feel your body. All y'all raise your hand. Anybody feel like God did something to them? Just raise your hand. I just want to know. Because God does stuff before we. Thank you. Anybody else? Anybody else? Okay. Thank you very up there. God bless you. Lord, I just pray right now in all the campuses. You are so good. You just like to blow us up. You are the great physician. And I pray, Lord, that you would bring healing to people. I pray that you would heal their relationships, their perspective. I pray that they would see themselves in a healthy way. That you would even heal how they view themselves. I pray you would bring physical healing to people. That even now, that through that physical healing, they would believe that you are real. And, Lord, there may be people here who are so skeptical of healing that you would heal them just to reveal to them how much you love them anyway. And how awesome you are. So thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, here we go. Anybody, I want you to feel your body, feel your body. If you feel like God heals you, just raise your hand. Raise your hand. Look at all these people. Come on, come on. Go raise your hand. Matter of fact, stand up, stand up. If you feel like God heals you, stand up, 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 stand up. We see you up there. We see you up there. God bless you. You may sit down. God bless you. God bless you. Now, two things. Whatever you got healed of, you don't have to go to the doctor. So we just save you some money, okay? So here's what you got to do. I'm not asking you for your money. I'm asking you to go tell everybody you know. Jesus healed me. Not, not the rock, not miles. Jesus healed me. You got to tell somebody, okay? Y'all follow what I'm saying? And the rest of y'all going, you know what? I, I'm going to ask God to heal me. I'm going to keep pursuing him because something just happened. Amen? Amen. Tell the person next to you that was awesome. Get your Bibles out. Get your Bibles out. Get your Bibles out. On the count of three, say word. One, two, three, say word. One more time, church, say word. Turn to Job chapter 42. Last week we are finishing the book of Job. This week, continue to read through the Bible. We are reading through the Bible, two or three, four chapters a day, depending on the length of the chapters. Job chapter 42. Last chapter of Job. Um, Friday there was a shooting in Virginia Beach. Uh, Twelve people were killed. Um, engineer went into a uh, municipal building, government building, started shooting randomly after a day of work. He was apparently normal throughout the day. Here are the 12 people who died. Uh, we want to keep them in your prayers. Those people not only lost their life, but their family, friends, neighbors, co-workers are being negatively impacted. The country is being negatively impacted. There are going to be 12 funerals. There's other people who are wounded. Um, and we've been teaching a series called When Bad Things Happen. The governor, I mean the mayor of that city said the one question we want to know is why. 
And I did a series a couple years ago, why bad things happen. A lot of times we ask that. Why does this happen? Why does this happen? But one of the questions that, the, the question we've been dealing with for the last few weeks is, when bad things happen, what do we do? It's one thing to know why. But the question is, what do you do when it happens? In week one, I was talking about dwelling on the past. When bad things happen, dwell on the past. What does that mean? Dwell on how God, God got you through your bad things in the past. Because God got you through all your bad things in the past. You need to remember that. Because when something bad happens now, you're going to hear a voice telling you your life is over. And God's like, why are you tripping? We went through this before. Okay, when bad things happen, worship. We talked about that two weeks ago with Job. He worshiped. And now as we end Job, I want to look at his friends. Because when, bad, when the bad thing happened to Job, his friends got involved. When bad things happen, get involved. Why? When we think the term when bad things happen, often we automatically complete that sentence to be when bad things happen to me. Because we think about ourselves most of the time. Let's be honest, it's about me, myself, and I. And so when bad things happen, oh my God, when bad things happen to me, what am I going to do? Why is God doing this to me? Who's going to help me? My life is over. Me, 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 me. I want to talk about when bad things happen to other people. If you want to get rid of a problem, get a bigger problem. How many of you ever had a problem and you're like, you need to buy, pay your rent or you had a little zit on your face right before a date or whatever and then you're like, your, your world was falling apart and then you had a bigger problem. You lost your job or someone was dying and then you forgot about that other job, that other problem. Can I get amen? Just say amen if that happened to you. You got a bigger problem and you forgot about the smaller problem. Can I get amen? And one of the ways to get a bigger problem on a constant basis is to get involved in someone else's problem. There's people all over this world who are suffering way worse than you, on your block, in your cubicle next to you. You drive past hundreds of them. Get involved in someone else's life. Let God use you in someone else's life. So when Job got in his problem, if you remember, the devil attacked him, took all his kids, took all his sheep, his camels, his ox. Then, then, then the Satan came and almost destroyed his body. He got boils all over his face and he was sitting in ashes and he was just destroyed physically but not dead. And his wife said, curse God and die. How many of y'all got a curse God and die person in your life? Okay, let me say this. How many of y'all got a person in your life saying, God didn't do this for you. Why are you worshiping him? God, where's God in this? How could God let? And just complaining about God in your life. Anybody? Can I get amen? You need to be careful of those voices. You need to get a voice that's going to tell you God is faithful because God has got you through everything you've been through. And that's a choice. And if you listen to the curse God and die voice, you will be doomed. That's the devil's advocate. The devil's advocate is someone who speaks on behalf of the devil. You never want to be the devil's advocate. You want to be God's advocate. You want to speak life. And so Job's friends come to him and they give all these speeches. In the book of Job, almost half of it is them telling, pontificating on why they think this is happening to Job. I'm going to read three of them. Eliphaz said, basically, Job, you should repent because you did something wrong. I'm sorry. Uh, You must have done something wrong. That was basically the theme of one of his speeches. Bildad said, you should repent because you're wrong. And then Zophar said, you deserve even worse. And basically, in in total, they all had eight speeches that they gave him over and over again, basically saying, Job, God is not wrong, so you must be wrong, and there must be a reason for this. Now, whenever something bad happens to you, you might think the same things. 
I must have done something wrong. Well, newsflash, you do so, we do stuff wrong constantly. How many of y'all think something wrong every hour? Can, can I just say amen? Amen. How about every half hour? Say amen. How about every minute? Say amen. <laughs> we, are, we are constantly, constantly thinking, saying, not saying good things, not, not thinking what we say. Constantly, we are sinners. We are in a spiritual battle fighting against our own sinful nature. And so if you do one thing that you think is the reason God brought this drama on you, you are missing the bigger point of how sinful you are and more how gracious God is. Amen. Is that Job's friends came and said to him, here's all that you did wrong, here's all you did wrong. And here's God's assessment of their speeches. Look at chapter 42, verse 7. This is so sad. Chapter 42, verse 7 says, so it was after the Lord had spoken these words to Job, that the Lord said to Eliphaz, the Temanite, my wrath is aroused against you and your two friends, for you have not spoken of me what is right as my servant Job has. So often when people go through drama, we stand back and we try to figure out why. Nothing wrong with that. But we start to tell the person and start to reason and often we don't know what the heck we're talking about. Now, before I get to what Joe's friends did right, let me talk about this. Even when something bad happens to you, you can go in your head in all these wild chases in your head about why God is mad at you. You can look online and see people getting blessed so it appears and see this picture, everybody's smiling, not knowing the drama that happened right before and after the picture. See people having, looks like they're enjoying vacation, not knowing how much it cost them to get on that vacation. Now they got to sell their house and live on the street because they went on that vacation. <laughs> and so we look, at, we look at all this stuff and realize we don't know what we're saying. How many of you, by a show of hands, I want you all to look around the room on all the campuses. How many of you, by a show of hands, ever looked on social media and got the appearance that someone was being more blessed than you and you got mad at God because you thought they're not as good as you? Now, don't raise your hand yet. I want, to, I want you to break it down. I want to break it down a little further than that. You look at the picture and in your, in your deep somewhere in here. Yeah. It's not fair. God knows that they're this and they're this and they don't do this. And, and what about me? I do this and I'm this. And, and, I'm, and, and in so many words, I'm better than them. And I'm, I'm more faithful than them. And they're not as faithful as me. And, and they're not even cute. And I'm cuter than them. <laughs> and, I, and I give more and I serve more and I pray more. And they don't know the Bible. They don't even go to church. And, and, how, and, and you go on and on. And then you go to the next picture. And they, how many likes did they have? God must be mad at me. He's not blessing my life. Now, are y'all following what I'm saying? That's a lot of drama. But how many of y'all would admit you've been there before? Come on, raise your hand real high. Listen, don't give me this alligator thing right here. Give me, <laughs> come on, raise your hand really high, really high. There you go, there you go, there you go. You're wrong. What you see is not the whole story. What you even know about yourself is not the whole story. And what you're imposing on what God is doing is not the whole story. There was a, uh, um, God is not that petty. God leads us to repentance with his love. 
Because when we do that, we think that all these things, these, this is the only thing I did wrong. And we're missing all the thousands of things we do wrong all the time. We say, you know, those things weren't wrong. It was just this one thing I did wrong. And God's getting me for that one thing. If God says, do you want me to show you all your sin? I, I, I can't. You couldn't handle all your sin. But it might be good for me to show you so you can understand all my grace. And how much I love you and how patient I am and how much I put up with you. And trust me, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to us. This is me too. Talking to us. Whenever you come to church, by the way, and, and you feel like the pastor is the one that's right and talking to wrong people, that's, that's a, that, now, I don't know, I'm, I'm wrong. There may be some who feel that way. I don't know, but I'm just saying, just always remember what I'm saying to you, I've already said to myself, and he's already said to me, and I'm saying it to you and to me at the same time. Are y'all feeling me? Uh, there's, a, there's a basketball player in the NBA called Kawhi Leonard, named Kawhi Leonard. He played for San Diego State. Can, can I get an amen? If you don't know, basketball is a, is a game they play with a round ball and they throw it in the hoop. And it's called the NBA, National Basketball Association of Pros, and they're in the NBA Finals. And Kawhi Leonard played at San Diego State. He's in the NBA Finals with Toronto the first time ever. Uh, Toronto Raptors are in the NBA Finals, and he's the best player in, on the team, arguably the best player in the NBA. So I watched, amen, and I watched this little clip on uh, Instagram today. Almost, it brought me to tears. It was them asking, it was a split screen, him at the top and Dwayne Wade at the bottom. And him at the top, they said, Kawhi, and Kawhi is introvert. He doesn't speak. He barely smiles. Like barely. He's like, they lost the two games in the last series. The first two games is the best out of four. They lost the two games. It was 0-2. They said, Kawhi, where do you guys go from here? And he went, uh, we're just going to go back to Toronto and play game three. <laughs> it's like, it's like, and that was it. Um, and they, they, another interview, they asked him a question. It was one question, and they said, is there anything else you can say? He said, no, I'm good. <laughs> so they asked him this thing, this clip I watched today on Instagram, and said, what do you do when people talk trash to you? And he went, uh, it really doesn't happen. Uh, uh, it really don't happen. And then in the same screen below him was Dwayne Wade. And Dwayne Wade, this was a few years ago when they played him in the finals, said, at the time Kawhi was on the San Antonio Spurs, he said, those guys never talk. They just kick your butt. <laughs> they just play. And we have so much respect for them. And, and th there is no talk, trash, talk, trash talking because they don't talk. They just do the job. What's the point? God is not after you. He's trying to love you. He's not fighting with you. He's trying to love you. We fight with him. And so when God looks at you and you go through drama, God, God wants to love on you. Now, what does that got to do with you? There are people in your life who are hurting. And God wants to use you in their life. Not to criticize them. That's what the devil wants you to do. Not to say, oh, here's why you did this, you did this. But how can I love on you and encourage you. So when bad things happen to other people, get involved. Get out of your comfort zone. Four things. Look at your notes. We're going to write these things down. We're going to read. Four things. Look at your notes. Number one, these are four things that they did and we'll read it in a minute. Look at your notes. 
It says, one, they coordinate with each other to minister to Job. We're going to get that to that in a minute. They coordinated with each other to minister to Job. Their three friends, we're going to see, coordinated with each other to minister to Job. Number two, they cried with Job. They felt the emotion with Job. Number one, they coordinated with Job. Number two, they cried with Job. Number three, they continued with Job for many days. They continued with Job for many days. And number four, they communicated with silence. Turn to Job chapter 2, verse 11. Job 2, verse 11. This is right after Job's second attack from the devil. Job chapter 2, verse 11. It says, when Job's three friends heard of all the adversity that had come upon him, each one came from his own place, Eliphaz the Temanite, Bildad the Shuhite, and Zophar the, the Namathite. Namathite. For they had made an appointment together to come and mourn with him and to comfort him. And when they raised their eyes up from afar and did not recognize him, they lifted up their voices and wept. Each one tore his own robe and sprinkled dust on his head toward heaven. So they sat down with him on the ground seven days and seven nights. And no one spoke a word to him. For they saw that his grief was very great. Number one, they coordinate with each other to minister to him. Uh, you all have someone in your life who's hurting. Uh, change your schedule, call up some friends, make plans, and go help them. Call some friends up, change your schedule, make plans, and go help them. It's not about us. <laughs> When Jesus at the Last Supper broke bread and he, and he broke the bread at the Last Supper and said, this is my body, and he broke the bread, he said, do this in remembrance of me. In other words, when you think of me, I want you to think of the sacrifice I made for you. When you think of me and you want to be like me and walk like me and, and have all the blessings that I, that I want to give you and you want to and, and follow my example, you are most like me when you surrender your life on behalf of somebody else. Out of obedience to me, by the way. So my, my first step is that if you have someone in your life that's suffering, change your schedule, coordinate with some other people if possible, and say, listen, how can we go help this person? That's what they did. They all coordinated and said, we got to go. We heard what Job happened to Job. Let's all go over there and help him. Number two, it says they cried with Job. Pity looks down. Pity looks at people and goes, oh, I feel sorry for you, uh, uh, homeless person. I feel sorry for you, poor person. I feel sorry for you, whatever it is. Pity looks down. Compassion gets down. Oh, pity, pity feels for somebody. Compassion feels with somebody. And we live in a, in a world where we want to we be comfortable. We don't want pain. We want to avoid pain and drama and trials at all costs. I just want my life to be comfortable because we think if our life is comfortable, I'm going to be more happy. No, you're going, to, you're going to be less fulfilled. You may, you may have fun, but you're not going to be fulfilled until you are used by God to expand his kingdom. And part of that means giving of yourself. Because God created us to be fulfilled, to be givers of ourself, to be just like him. And by the way, we're not only giving ourselves, we're allowing him to flow through us. There are some things God will only teach you 
when you surrender yourself on behalf of somebody else. There's certain things God will only teach you when you give of yourself to other people. You may be trying to hoard, I'm going to get this, I'm going to get money, I'm going to get things, I'm going to get happy, I'm going to get comfortable and all that stuff. And those things have a benefit, but there are certain benefits you will never experience until you give. The, the, the lowest point in the earth is the Dead Sea. The Dead Sea is in Israel. And if you ever go to the Dead Sea, uh, it is below the Sea of Galilee where Jesus walked on water and the, and, the, and, the, and the disciples were fishing. And in between is the River Jordan and the Dead Sea is at the bottom. And at the Dead Sea, water comes in, but water doesn't go out. It just collects. It hoards and nothing is living in it because it hoards. Some of you all have deadness in your heart because you hoard. Everything's about me. Everything's filtered through the eyes of how does it benefit me because your heart is selfish. Instead of saying, Lord, how can I be a blessing to somebody else? Now, does it mean you don't take? No, it actually means you receive and you give all at the command of Jesus. Lord, what do you want me to keep? What do you want me to give? What do you want me to share? What do you want me to enjoy? It's all about what God says. And if you could say, Lord, I want to cry. You know, God has given you mirror neurons in your head. Everyone say mirror. Say mirror. Neurons. Mirror neurons are neurons, are brain cells that give you the ability to mirror the feeling in someone else. It's called empathy. I have the ability to have empathy for somebody else as I see them and cry. You ever see somebody cry and then you cry? Can I get amen? It's because you have mirror neurons that see and somehow your brain processes the pain and connects you with the pain of that person. God gave that to you. Why? Because he wanted you to connect with other people's hearts. Say God is awesome. Look at the person next to you and say God is awesome. <laughs> He's awesome. He's awesome. And so, so you have mirror neurons. Why? Because when you see someone hurting, God says, I'm going to give you compassion for that person. Amen. I don't want you to run from it. I want you to run to it. And I want to do something in your life with their pain. Not I want to hurt you. I want to minister to you. Galatians 6.2 says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Part of me loving you is not making you happy it's necessarily. It's carrying your burden. When Jesus was carrying the cross, they, they ordered a man to help him carry his cross. Man, wouldn't you, it'd be awesome if you were that guy, that girl. Jesus, can I help you carry this cross? Oh, number three. Continue with Job for many days. They spent seven days and seven nights. Don't be in a rush. Deep lessons take time. What we want to do is we want to see something happen. We want to go and help somebody for a minute, day, whatever. And say, okay, now I know the solution. And I know everything. No, you don't. Take time with people. Get out of yourself. There's somebody in your life, I'm sure there's many, but there's somebody in your life that you can go out of your way to help. I was watching Medea goes to prison last night. <laughs> Same man if you know who Medea is. <laughs> Tyler Perry's a genius. <laughs> and in uh, Medea goes to prison, I think, it was, I think that was what it was called. It was one of those. And, and there was a, a guy in there who's, who was engaged to a woman, but his college friend was a prostitute. And he wanted to help her, but his, his wife-to-be, who was stuck up, that was the character that gave her, don't judge me, 
stuck up silver spoon talking about those people. And she played it so good because I couldn't stand her. <laughs> couldn't stand her. I, I tell her, I can't stand people like that. But that, that's, the, that's the character. They wanted you to hate her, right? Because they ended up breaking up and, 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 uh, and they didn't get married and he ended up having. But when, I, but when I was watching it, God said to me, what are you doing for the prostitutes in San Diego? I was like, okay, God. Years ago, uh, 15 years ago, I was going to do something really risky. I was going to get a bunch of guys to go hire a bunch of prostitutes at one time. Don't judge me. I was going to have the police involved and we would all bring them to one place at one time and just offer help to all of them, okay. I still would love to do that. It's complicated. It's complicated. Got pimps involved, you know, guns and all that. It's complicated. But let me tell you, let me tell you, keep praying. Uh, I love that stuff. So I was watching the show last night and God said, you know, you need to do something for the prostitutes in San Diego. And what if all you did was bring a name to your church to pray? There's people in your, in your world, well, there's people in this city but not your world because you drive around. Because you don't want to get involved. That's not... God gets involved. He will tell you where he wants you to get involved, but let him tell you. Don't tell him where you won't get involved. There's, there's, a, there's a, a racist practice from back in the 50s and before called redlining where banks would take a red marker and draw a red line around a neighborhood and say, we're not going to lend there or we're going to hike the rates up. It still happens even now. Just, a bank got sued uh, three years ago for doing this. And they take a red marker and say, this neighborhood, and it's, not based on, it's not based on qualifications, it's based on race. Okay. Long story, look it up. But anyway, it's called redlining. So they would redline a neighborhood and say, this is how we're going to treat this neighborhood. People and churches redline. In other words, they say, we, we don't go to this neighborhood. We drive around this neighborhood. Or we're not going to minister in that neighborhood because those aren't people from our church. It's a fact. Okay? I even talk about this with pastors' conferences because okay? we, we, it happens. We don't redline. Okay, now, now some of y'all might, but The Rock doesn't. I don't. We go places, okay? And we need to go places. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying that to brag or nothing, but I'm saying that intentionally that I'm going to challenge you not to redline. Say, God, where do you want me to go? Who do you want? Get involved in someone's life. Next time you see a homeless person, get out your car or stop and say, how can I pray for you? Tell me your story. Bear someone's burden. Am I telling you to take them in your house? Not necessarily. Do what God tells you to do. But don't put a, put a box around your life and say, this is all I'm going to do. When th bad things happen, God needs good people to obey him and trust and, and bless other people. We need to be that people. We need to be those people. Can I get amen? amen. Now, some of you are like, I ain't saying amen to that. <laughs> I get it. You have to ask yourself why you're not saying amen to that. Number last, number four, communicate with silence. Um, one of the most honorable things that I get to participate in are funerals of people who are killed in the line of duty. Police, fire, military. We've had all that here. Well, we've had this place holds in Point Loma, 3,500 people. We've had four or 5,000 overflow. Meet the family, 
when the 18 Navy SEALs were killed in a helicopter crash, we had a memorial service here. We had 1,500 special forces in this room. I, I can't explain to you what that was like. Very humbling. You meet the family and just keep your mouth shut. Just be quiet. Sometimes people just need you to be there. Sometimes people just need you to say, how can I help? And that's it. Send a text to somebody. Call somebody today, today, not tomorrow, today. Say, how can I pray for you? How can I bless you? How can I help you? Can I make a meal for you? You have no idea how huge that can be to people. Because listen, when someone's going through something hard, you know what they're hearing all day? God has forgotten you. Nobody cares. And when you hear a voice, someone else is doing it, everybody's hearing that same voice. Someone else is doing it, therefore no one does anything. Let's not be that pe those people. Let's be the person that says, Lord, I'm here. Matter of fact, I want all y'all to raise your hand. Just raise your hand. Let me, first, let me tell you what I'm going to ask you to raise your hand for, okay? Because <laughs> I don't, I don't want to trick you. Uh, and, 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 yeah, we're going to have music. I don't want to trick you. Let, let me say this. Every time you come here, every time you come here, I'm going to challenge you to be more obedient to Christ. I'm going to challenge you to do something. So just know that, okay? What I'm going to ask you to do is just say, God, I want to be available to help somebody. I want to put my stuff aside. And I want to be available to help somebody. Use me. And, Lord, I want you to pick who that person is. And you're going to go someplace, you're going to go, no, God, you don't want me to help them, do you? <laughs> people, you're going to meet some wonderful people. My mother was in the hospital several times before she passed. My sister was in the hospital. We were in the hospital every day. Every day. Two, three times a day. And walking in and walking out, we would see people from the church. Or just saw me on TV, whatever. Hey, Pastor, I said, hey, can I pray for you? Can I pray for you? Because the people in the hospital are there because they got something wrong. Go to the hospital and walk around. And just pray for people. And you start giving of yourself, you're going to realize that the stuff you complain about, shut up. You worried about that, and next thing you know, you're going to be like, it's gone. I don't. Yeah, I got fired, but God's going to take care of me, so I'm not going to trip. So if you just want to be that person, Lord, I want you to use me. And, and here's a challenge. If you raise your hand, you're saying, God, I want you to use me, and I want you to use me today, tomorrow, right? You know, I'm not going to put it off. I'm ready. I'm ready now. Use me now. And you, and, and you don't know how. He may, just, he may just say to you, just tell somebody I love them. I see them. So many people feel like they're not seen. You go to someone and say, God sees you. God sees you. That's a powerful statement. If you could just... Do simple things like that. Here's what happens. What happens in their life is way beyond what you would ever know. It's not, and a lot of it's not going to be your business. But what happens in you? Oh. If you want to participate in whatever I'm getting ready to say, because I'm not sure what I'm getting ready to say. So by faith, you have to raise your hand. <laughs> Just raise your hand up. 
Say with me, God. Y'all like God. <laughs> All the other campuses, everybody here is like scared, like God. <laughs> Say, God. You've been so good to me. You get me through every problem. I trust you. Use me in someone else's life. Give me the words, the patience, the compassion to be a blessing to them. Help me get my eyes off me and on you and how you want to use me in someone else's life. Thank you, Jesus, for trusting me with someone else's pain. Use me today, today, Sunday, to be a blessing and an encouragement to somebody. And this week, use me whenever you want. In Jesus' name. Keep your hand up. Say amen. Look to the person next to you with the hand up and say, I'm praying that God would use you in a mighty way. Pastor, come on, let's give the Lord a hand. Come on. Lord, Lord, I pray for all the campuses, eyes closed, heads bowed, that you would cement that prayer in our hearts. Because if all of us in all our campuses can go out and be a blessing to someone, even if before we leave our campuses we can look at someone here and say, God sees you. God sees you. He hears you. If we could just say that, man. So thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your faithfulness. It's in your name we pray. Amen.